This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Trey Gowdy. I'm Jerry Willis. I'm Bill Hemmer, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, October 9th, 2023, I'm Mike Emanuel. War in the Middle East as Hamas terrorists with the backing of Iran launch attack on southern Israel. Hundreds of Israelis were killed, with national security focused members of Congress calling this a massive intelligence failure. Didn't see it coming, caught completely off guard. And now you're going to have hundreds of hostages used as bargaining chips and human shields. Thousands of Israelis are dead. This was a massive, massive failure. I'm Chris Foster. The job market's not slowing down like most economists expected. Unemployment is low at 3.8%. Wages are up more than 4%. That's a good thing for the worker who's trying to compete with inflation. Finally, we had that flip a little bit, so the scenario has changed. The problem here is that it runs contrary to what the Fed wants to see. And I'm Jason Chaffetz. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. War in the Middle East after devastating and deadly attacks on southern Israel over the weekend. Gilad Erdan is Israel's ambassador to the UN. It's it's really unfathomable. And 600, I I hope everyone understands, 600 fatalities in Israel proportionally is like having here 20,000 American fatalities. 20,000 people who are being butchered, massacred by these savage terrorists. It's it's our 9-11. Former Trump National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien says Tehran is to blame. This wouldn't have happened without Iranian uh, Iranian green light. So Iran's behind this. Iran was involved in the planning. There's no question about it. And Iran would have certainly given the go-ahead. So this is much bigger than just a terrorist organization in, in Israel. Deputy National Security Advisor John Finer says the United States is standing strongly with Israel. We are laser focused uh, and and President Biden, who has a 50 year record of solidarity, uh, support uh, and resolve uh, for Israel, is focused on making sure that they have everything that they need to respond to this appalling attack. But former Trump Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the Biden administration's actions have emboldened Iran. They are funded by Iran and the United States policy to cozy up to Iran has created enormous risk for Israel, which we are seeing play out today. This comes at a vulnerable time on Capitol Hill after House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was removed from his post. And now the House of Representatives is without a leader. Arkansas Republican Congressman Steve Womack says it will be critical to find someone who can unify House Republicans. That person is going to have to be able to uh, you know, rub some salve in those wounds help us heal, bring us back together, get us refocused on the issues that American, the American people are thinking about. As Washington reacts to war in the Middle East, catching Israeli and American intelligence by surprise. Well, this was clearly uh, an intelligence failure. Florida Republican Congressman Mike Waltz is the first Green Beret to serve in Congress. For such a sophisticated attack to be 
planned, uh, to be coordinated and executed in such a way where I, I want to be sure folks realize there are whole Israeli neighborhoods, villages, towns that have been taken over by terrorists that are going door to door, executing families in their homes, kidnapping civilians and dragging them by the hundreds back into the tunnels underneath Gaza. Prime Minister Netanyahu is is absolutely correct. This is an all-out war. But I want to, folks to also understand Hamas and Hezbollah are just tools of Iran. This is 100% an Iranian-backed war on Israel. Uh, those groups do not fire so much as a BB gun without Iran's approval. Uh, they are financing it. Uh, they are resourcing it. They're coordinating it. And really, if we take a step back, I think this is a a sad and tragic product of a failed Iran policy on the part of the Biden administration uh, that has sought to appease and indirectly has allowed funding uh, to flow into the regime's coffer that has flown right through Tehran out to its terrorist proxies. Uh, And we're seeing the tragic result of it now. Do you have a sense of why now? Is there a particular reason for the timing of this attack? Twofold. One, uh, the Ayatollah has repeatedly described the terrorists that are in Gaza and the West Bank and then also to Israel's north and Lebanon as a ring of fire to be unleashed at a time of the Ayatollah's choosing on Mm -hmm. on Israel. And uh, really what I believe this was about is uh, Israel and Saudi coming very close to having absolutely transformative peace deal that would have built on the Abraham Accords, would have aligned uh, in a transformative way the Gulf Arab states, which have historically been at odds and adversaries with Iran. It would have aligned those Gulf states, the Sunni Arab states, with Israel in a way uh, that Iran just could not uh, stomach and has unleashed this I think, to make that deal absolutely impossible. And Mike, if I could go one second back to the the funding piece. A lot of people are making uh, a lot of hay over the $6 billion. The funds that were released from South Korea and other countries in in exchange for Americans held hostage in Iran. I 100% disagree with the administration. I think that money is absolutely fungible. You know, they're, they're pointing out that it was only to be used for humanitarian aid. And that may may not be true, but everyone knows if you have an amount of money coming in, it frees up money to use for something else. And in this case, uh, I firmly believe for its terror proxies. But the much bigger deal is the blind eye the Biden administration has turned towards allowing Iran to once again sell oil. Under the maximum pressure campaign of the Trump administration, it was down to a few hundred thousand barrels per day. Now it's back up to record highs of several million barrels per day. And that's generating, according to Wall Street Journal and other reporting, nearly $30 billion a year. That completely dwarfs that hostage money. And that is what uh, Iran is using to fuel its proxies. President Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, last week, quote, the Middle East region is quieter today than it has been in two decades. Your thoughts? Well, I think it just shows how caught off guard the administration was. I'm on the Intelligence Committee in the House. We have already requested briefings on how this happened. We work very closely with Israel and their intelligence services. Uh, and you know, I think that's just proof positive. Didn't see it coming. Caught completely off guard. 
And now you're going to have hundreds of hostages used as bargaining chips and human shields. Thousands of Israelis are dead. This was a massive, massive failure. And I think everyone was lulled into some complacency here Mm -hmm. uh, that their engagement strategy with Iran was working uh, and that we would see a a historic Saudi-Israel deal. Uh, And this is what happens when you kind of drink your own Kool-Aid, so to speak. You're caught off guard. And sadly, the civilians and the people of Israel are, are paying a terrible price for it. This comes as there's some instability, obviously, in the House of Representatives. You do not have a House speaker to be briefed on what's happening in terms of these uh, critical intelligence matters. Um, Does this raise the stakes in terms of the critical nature of the election to find a new speaker this week? Well, absolutely it does. And I hope my colleagues understand how urgent this is, uh, how the United States cannot be seen as paralyzed or weak in terms of its ability to support its key allies like Israel. So I I certainly hope it adds to that urgency. I disagreed. I understand a lot of people's frustrations, but I disagreed uh, with the tactics of the the eight that took uh, Speaker McCarthy out because, you know, what we were supposed to be voting on this week were a number of spending bills. Uh, we, We also have a ticking clock on yet another government shutdown. So I just don't see how uh, in any way this advanced our goals. But here nor there, uh, we need to get a new speaker in place. I have endorsed Jim Jordan. I do believe he is the one that can unite the conference. And I believe he is one with President Trump's backing that those eight would not dare go after uh, politically or to, to take him out as a, as a speaker. So we, we just have to, we have to get our act together and we've got to drive forward. You mentioned government funding. There's also an ongoing debate about providing funding to the war in Ukraine. Uh, Does what's happening in Israel change your thoughts on what we do about Ukraine, or should it change the thoughts of some of your colleagues one way or the other? Well, I still think there will be demands, as I've laid out in a Fox Digital op-ed. What's the strategy in Ukraine? How long do we anticipate Uh, What are our goals? What does victory look like? How much will it cost? President Biden has not laid that out for us, nor has he done so for the American people. And I think those are rightful uh, questions to ask. Furthermore, you know, before you demand that the American people continue to dig in their pockets, where are the demands for the Europeans to dig into theirs? Germany, uh, for one, pledged uh, to drive towards 2% of its GDP for defense, it just formally backed away from that uh, in its parliament. If we can't get Europe to step up and take on uh, the burden here with a massive land war right on their border, if we can't do that now, I don't know when we ever will. And then finally, you know, people are looking at this through the context of our own border. And we also have a, a failed energy policy. Europe is still buying oil and gas from Russia. They're just doing it through intermediaries in Hong Kong and through India. So I think there's a lot of things we need to see before we just continue to rubber stamp a blank check request from Biden. And frankly, there's a lot of room between just give them whatever they want as long as it takes and saying absolutely yank all aid uh, right now. Mm -hmm. We need to see a strategy and we need to see these other elements in terms of Europe, our own border, energy policy, 
uh, before we just continue to, to throw money at the problem. I want to pick up on a point you just made about our southern border. We saw what happened in Israel where they were surprised by an attack very close to their territory. Um, what are your national security concerns about the state of our southern border at this point? Well, we know it's already a humanitarian crisis, but it's a ticking time bomb from a national security standpoint. Uh, these are not just central people, you know, migrants, illegal immigrants coming from Central South America. The entire world has gotten the message loud and clear that all they have to do is get to our border with Mexico and they can get literally taxpayer funded assistance and flown all over the United States. Uh, we also know at the same time that the Taliban are issuing Al Qaeda and other terrorists passports and official documents coming out of the international airport in Afghanistan. So we've apprehended dozens now from the terrorist watch list. But what I worry about are the literally millions of gotaways. We have no idea who they are. And uh, I, I fear uh, we will face another attack and uh, we won't see it coming. Sobering thought. Congressman Michael Waltz, thank you so much for your time, sir. Thanks so much. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This is Jason Chaffetz with your Fox News commentary coming up. President Biden calls the latest monthly jobs report good news. It's much stronger than most economists expected. The economy created 336,000 jobs in September alone. That means since I've taken office, we've created 13.9 million new jobs. Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel's statement about the September jobs report. Americans are worse off than ever. In just the past week, car payments and housing costs have broken records and mortgage rates continue to spike, while unemployment rates rose for many workers who remain on the sidelines. Joe Biden's economy is too expensive and Americans can't afford it. Meantime, the strong job numbers last month and over the summer could mean more interest rate hikes are coming. The problem here is that it looks like a good report and the administration's going to run around touting this because it's the only thing that they have to tout. Jackie DeAngelis co-hosts The Big Money Show on Fox Business, 1 p.m. Eastern. They're going to say the labor market is really strong. Unemployment is low at 3.8 percent. Wages are up more than 4 percent. That's a good thing for the worker who's trying to compete with inflation. Finally, we had that flip a little bit. So the scenario has changed. The problem here is that it runs contrary to what the Fed wants to see. You know, President Biden's running around spending money and kind of uh, doing Bidenomics that aren't working for the people out there. The Fed is trying to combat that by raising interest rates. That is going to slow the economy. It hasn't so far because people weren't paying back their student loans. Now they are. Um, people were still getting all kinds of different state and you know municipal stimulus checks. They're not going to be getting those anymore. So bills are going to start to mount. People are going to start to realize they can't spend as much. Interest rates are high. That slows things down for companies. I think you're going to see a picture where people uh, are losing jobs as a result of all of this. That's sort of the culmination of it. It might take another three to six months before it really kicks in. So this is the last hurrah for the administration. At some point, um, does the Fed recalibrate? Um, 
if your prediction doesn't happen mm -hmm. in three to six months, at some point, does the Fed recalibrate and say, look, the job market is what the job market is. Maybe we've got to try a different tack. Yeah. I mean, look, that's been Jerome Powell's goal. He doesn't want to see Americans lose their jobs, but he's told us in the past that they have to. That's the only way to slow all of this mm -hmm. down and to get inflation back down to the target. That's his job. So he or, has or to is the do, Or is the target too low? Uh, yeah, but he's also said he's not going to raise the target. So I actually think that's a good thing to not, mm -hmm. you know, move the goalpost to mm -hmm. a certain degree. Um, having said that, rates are going to be higher for longer has been the stance that the Fed is taking so far. But if things still continue to be gangbusters and somehow um, people are still managing to spend the way they are, then he's going to have to raise rates higher than here. And it's already had a chilling uh, effect. I think you've got the 30-year fixed, according to Freddie Mac, just under 7.5%. And remember, this is different this time because housing prices haven't dropped because there's no inventory. So it's basically making homeownership, it's just one example, completely impossible. Yeah, we'll people. get back to the jobs report in a second. But since you mentioned, mortgage rates highest since 2000, 7.49. And like you said, inventory is very low. What's happening in the housing market is just going to stall out. I know prices have been up, but that probably isn't going to last. Yeah. So people are staying put right now. If you've got one of those mortgages, you know, between two and a half and four something, you're going to keep that and not yeah. move anywhere. So that's why the inventory is so tight. The home builders and, and a lot of people are lobbying that we need more inventory, new inventory in this country. Hard to get people to commit to these projects, though, when they don't know what's coming down the pike. So that's not happening as quickly as we would like. My forecast would be um, as things get, you know, tougher, the slowdown becomes more real, people lose jobs, then you're going to see prices come down because you might have some people who have to sell. Um, their circumstance just requires it. And then that sort of dictates where the market goes. Um, back to the jobs report. Leisure and hospitality added 96,000 jobs. Um, does that say anything to you? Consumers still spending, spending more? Yeah, it did, actually. So that's a great point. The second under that was government jobs added. I don't love seeing government jobs added to, you know, sort of create these larger numbers. But leisure and hospitality, I believe, has recovered, you know, from its post-pandemic lows. People are still spending, so they need more workers. The problem there is that some of this is seasonal. And remember, those numbers were revised upward, the labor numbers, mm -hmm. for July and August. Oh, by a lot. Um, um, by a lot. So I look at that as people were still spending this summer. So in leisure and hospitality, you needed those workers. But are those long-term jobs? I'm not sure. The other thing is that JOLTS report shows a lot of job openings in this country as well. Um, but again, I have a lot of friends who are being laid off at tech companies right now. The white-collar jobs aren't out there that they're looking yeah. to replace them with. Um, so you really have to ask yourself, what's the mix? What kinds of jobs are open? Where are we uh, in terms of the X Y axis with wages and inflation. Are we, have we are they touching each other yet, or is still or is inflation still outpacing by a bit? If you look at the core number, which is what the Fed likes to look at, which strips out food and energy because they're the most volatile. Even though I think that's sort of silly because mm -hmm. I think they're the most impactful in that, that yeah. way. Um, but if you look at the core number, so wages are. Uh, outpacing inflation, finally. They're, okay. they're, they're um, showing that people are making more than that inflationary rate because inflation has come down so low um, from the 9.1% peak. But I think that's misleading too. And the reason I say that is if you look at compounded inflation over the two and a half years that this president's been in office, we're talking about something like 17%. So people feel that when they go to the grocery mm -hmm. store. People feel that when they go to the restaurants because these prices haven't necessarily come down. If you're looking at, let's say, bacon prices from last year, yeah, we've seen a dip, but they went up so high right. that that's why that looks that way. Um, moving on to some other stuff. Treasuries have been soaring the last few months. Can you explain in a simple way sure. why that matters? Um, 
to a generally lay audience and to me mm-hmm. and why that has some economists concerned. Okay. So there are two things that impact treasury yields. First is as interest rates rise, as the Fed is raising those rates, the market tends to push the interest rate yields up a little bit too, but it's also sort of a flight to safety. There's an inverse relationship between uh, bond yields and prices. So when you're selling bonds, the yield goes up. Um, And typically, investors will sell bonds when they're buying stocks. So we've seen a run-up in the stock market as of late. So they were buying more equities, more of those risky assets. They were selling some of the safer assets. Those are the Treasury notes. But still, because of the impact of what the Fed's done here, you've got a Treasury market um, that is offering safe return for very minimal risk. And the problem is, also sort of fits with my idea that this slowdown is coming, is that crazy, wonky yield curve, to put it very simply for you, when the yield on the two year is higher than the 10 note, which it is now, then historically, we've been told we'll go into a recession, and we have. Uh, we have gone into a recession. We're going to. You think we're in one now? I think we're in some sort of a slowdown. You know, we can argue about what uh, well, is a recession. Um, I won't do that right it's just now. A, but I, mean, right. I think it's a slowdown that's going to continue to to steepen. Um, there have been more strikes this year than in the past, uh, according to a Cornell labor tracker. About a half million Americans have participated in over 300 strikes this year, some of them higher profile than others. We know about the United Auto Workers, we know about the, the, the Hollywood writers, writers and, writers and actors and healthcare um, just coming off this three-day Kaiser Permanente strike. Um, what's your take? Is it about wages or is there some sort of pendulum swing happening? Is it, is it um, what's driving people to the picket line? Part of it is about wages and part of it is about inflation. It's a chicken and egg story. I would say what comes first is the the inflationary pressure that's put, let's take the auto workers, for example, in a position to say, we're in a lot of trouble here and we need to be making more. So they're fighting and exercising that right under a president who said he's very pro-union. So to a certain degree, they feel like they have the, the backing, right, the public support for it. Um, also, Biden policies on EVs is, is causing this problem. So I think some will say, well, why are they asking? for 40% wage increase. That seems kind of crazy. I think it's because they're looking at the future, understanding that many of their jobs will be eliminated as we push to EVs. EVs, um, you know, the assembly line and the manufacturing process doesn't use as many people. Um, And so as a result of that, they're pushing for that 40% because they've spent a lot over the course of the last few years. They've depleted their savings. They want to try to build up a little something to go into a period that could be very dark for them. This is something you may or may not have an opinion or knowledge about, um, artificial intelligence. Um, just skimming some articles the last week. Some of them, AI is going to replace us all. Yeah. You, and I won't, you and I won't be here in five years. It'll be holograms and whatever talking to each other. Other analysts say, no, this is actually just going to enhance the economy and life finds a way and things will adapt. I take a mixed view on this. I don't think holograms will replace everybody in the next <laughs> five years at the end of the day, driving what's behind the the hologram would need to be a human. Um, Even though AI will use the web and content, someone still needs to produce that content until um, the robots can figure out how to do that. You know, and ultimately, if we get to a place where robots are doing everything, I think mankind will be extinct. So I I don't see that (laughs) happening per se. Um, Having said that, I think you can enhance a lot of opportunities with AI. So when the humans work together with the robots, I think is where you start to see some real progress. Um, I particularly see that in, in the medical industry, for example. Mm -hmm. where you can have humans and robots and AI looking at test results and cross-checking and doing algorithms, trying to find things that maybe you would miss with the naked eye. That's pretty cool to me. Yeah, there was one, I don't know, I'm sure it's months old ago now, but it's it's, uh, stuck out to me where I'm just analyzing lung x-rays where you can run 
umpteen thousands, millions of lung x-rays through through a program and it can see things in the aggregate better than one radiologist can see exactly. looking at a few. I'm glad you brought that up because I'm a breast cancer survivor. This is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And as a result of that, I've been looking into how AI can help with that as well. You rely on these radiologists to read the films. We're human. Sometimes we make mistakes. In my own case, um, it took about six months to figure out that what I had was cancer, in mm -hmm. fact, because it was so sort of murky when they were looking at it. So I think if machines can help us in that right. way, that's huge. Yeah. If artificial intelligence had looked at scans like yours, which probably existed, they could have then maybe, right, drilled that down right. faster than than your radiologist or radiologists were able to do. Yeah. Um, the Biden administration, you mentioned, um, has been out there for weeks now trying to say, look at, look at how great everything is. Um, the job market's up, inflation's going down. It's not resonating. If you're just, just looking at polls, mm -hmm. people don't trust this administration on the economy. Um, Where's the disconnect? The disconnect is in the spin, mm -hmm. right? It's how they talk about the jobs number. It's how they talk about Bidenomics. A lot of these numbers are very deceiving when you read them on their face. But again, I go back to that sort of 17% over the last two and a half years. That's what people feel. And what people don't like, Chris, in this country is to be gaslit. Mm -hmm. And so when the president keeps standing up and the administration keeps saying everything's fine, everything's fine, and they know it's not fine because they can't buy a home, they've depleted their savings, um, you know, and they're worried about the future just when they go to pay for average things. Most people feel like they're living paycheck to paycheck. Those emergency funds are gone. I mean, it's just it, it is complete chaos out there when it comes to the average American. And ultimately, I think that's going to drive how they feel at the polls. You can stand up there and stand on your head and say it's great. If people don't feel that way, that's not their reality. Jackie DeAngelis co-hosts The Big Money Show on Fox Business weekdays, 1 p.m. Eastern. Jackie, thanks we'll see for you there. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks. Here's a look at the week ahead. Monday is Columbus Day in some parts of the United States, celebrated as Indigenous Peoples Day in others. Tuesday, Amazon Prime Big Deal Days get underway with plenty of discounts for online shoppers for 48 hours, and the new NHL season gets underway with three games, including the reigning Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights hosting the Seattle Kraken. Wednesday, a vote is expected to determine who will replace Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio and Steve Scalise of Louisiana have emerged as lead candidates for the vacancy. Thursday, the Labor Department will release the September Consumer Price Index. Data in that report will dictate what raise Social Security recipients get next year. Friday, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour concert film hits the big screen at AMC Theaters Nationwide, expected to become the highest grossing concert film of all time. And that's a look at your week ahead. I'm Matt Napolitano, Fox News. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD.
Hey everyone, it's Kennedy, and you can listen to my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It's going five days a week on the Fox News Podcast Network. We're bringing you all the fan favorites. Listen on Spotify, Apple, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download podcasts. Rate and review the Fox News Rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Jason Chaffetz. What's on your mind? Suddenly, the Biden-Harris administration is admitting that walls work that we need a wall on the southern border. After literally hundreds of thousands of people this year alone have come across the border illegally, not through the ports of entry, but in between the ports of entry, and hundreds of people have been caught on the terrorist watch list, and thousands of unaccompanied minors have come across that border, now the Biden administration is admitting that walls work and that they're going to bypass the current law, expedite things, and build several miles of wall in the most vulnerable places. It's a stunning admission from an administration that for years essentially lied to the American people. Secretary Mayorkas testified before Congress under oath. Joe Biden went to the microphone as the president. Kamala Harris as the vice president told us repeatedly the border is secure, that the border is closed, that it's no longer open. And certainly Corrine Jean-Pierre, when she went to the microphone as the spokesperson for the White House, repeatedly chastised people to say, that the border was closed. That was all a lie. It was all fiction. It was all made up. It certainly wasn't true. But now it's reached a breaking point, even within the Biden-Harris administration. Democratic mayors like Mayor Adams from New York, the mayor of Chicago, other big cities are starting to complain and feel the heat. They are spending billions of dollars in housing and food and other basic necessities. So, the Biden-Harris administration is going to do what they should have done all along, which is finish the border wall. I'm glad they're finally going to do it, but it should have been done a long time ago, and all of this could have been prevented. I'm Jason Chaffetz, Fox News contributor and host of the Jason in the House podcast. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.